Hey babe, are you coming to bed? Hey babe, you left your dishes here again. Ah, uh, why is your alarm going off so early again? I can't wait to see you later. Let's invite your mom over for hey, dinner this weekend. Put on the kettle. Babe, we haven't had sex in four months. <laughs> I love you. I love you. This is Rainbow Pajamas, a podcast sharing stories from around the world of long-term LGBTQ plus relationships from five years to more than 50 years. You'll hear personal details from our guests about how they met, what they fight about, their sex lives, to practical matters such as having kids, financial planning and retirement. We'll also discuss controversial topics like exclusive versus open relationships, polyamory and marriage. Hello everyone! Today I'm speaking with Stefan and David, a European couple currently living in Singapore who have been dating for about 15 years. They originally met when they were just 19 and 21 years old, when they were doing their summer jobs in a hotel in Greece. In this episode, they talk about how they defied the odds and managed to develop their whirlwind summer romance when David was yet to finish high school into a long-term relationship and eventually marriage. They dealt with a long-distance phase of their relationship when David would spend more than 30 hours on a bus from the Czech Republic to visit Stefan in Sweden. They both made big compromises to make the relationship work. For example, Stefan moved to the Czech Republic to be with David, and after it turned out that it was not working, David decided to put off his university studies so they could move to Ireland together. They also shared some of the difficulties that they have experienced as a couple and how therapy has helped them to overcome some of their differences. So now, let's listen to this episode's interview with David and Stefan. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. Hi. Hey Hilton. Thanks, thanks for having awesome. us. <laughs> so, uh, would you mind just like maybe telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Like, where do you live now and what do you guys do? And what's the name, obviously? David. Sure, I can start. So, I'm David and I am 34 years old and I am living in Singapore together with Stefan. We've been here for close to six years. And originally, I am from the Czech Republic. Awesome. Uh, I am Stefan, originally from Sweden. have not lived in Sweden, though, for 15 years. Uh, been on a journey with this one in different countries. So, yeah, here in Singapore right now. That's amazing. And how long have you guys been together? 15 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wonderful. So since when you guys were like 18 or 19 then, right? <laughs> yeah, so I was I was 19 I turned 19 that summer when we met. Yeah. And you were 21, right? Yeah. Wonderful. And you guys are married and how long have you been married for? We've been married since 2015. So, a little bit over 6 years. Oh, right? that is so sweet. And where do you guys get married in? you couldn't we, do it in singapore right mm, so we at that point of time we lived in dublin in ireland oh. and it was the same year when the referendum i think went through marriage referendum and but we did get married in the czech republic because yeah the whole production was just so much easier to do uh, out of my home country because my family don't travel as much don't speak almost any english whatsoever and the swedes and the irish uh group of friends all up traveling so it was yeah. a fun fun vacation for them so we did it about an hour outside of prague uh, 
right in this little sure. chateau i'm sure i'll be i would love to like be invited to go to a wedding like that in the czech republic it seems so dreamy especially a gay one too <laughs> <laughs> it That's was so cool it, it was super fabulous and uh we we might be planning a 10-year anniversary in four years so yeah let's stay friends so, so oh, we might yeah. not, yeah. Well, i'll stay in Canada so that i can yeah. be invited to that party um I know that you live in Singapore and I, I think that is, you know, gay marriage is not recognized over there. Then how do you indicate on the papers? Yeah, it's an interesting one. And I think that was probably a minor culture shock when we came here or like, I wouldn't say a shock, but an adjustment because we, we knew we were prepared in one way that like we were not going to have same sex rights uh, moving over to Singapore. Uh, but that didn't stop us from from coming here because it, it was an experience that we really wanted. Uh, but I realized quite quickly, like when you're signing up for like a bank account or getting a mobile phone here, like you have to indicate that you're single because I'm not married in the system here. We are here on independent visas. We're not connected to one another apart from sharing the same address here. I think the the good thing is, at least for myself, the company that I work for, uh, they recognize us as a couple. So like I can put David on my insurance, for example. Uh, so in, in that way, I live in a bit of a bubble when it comes to like the professional side of things. But, you know, outside in Singapore, yeah, I'm technically single on all the forms. So, <laughs> David. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess do, you're I... single and not ready to mingle then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but it's an interesting one because I also used to work for um, a company that was extremely liberal. So I lived in that bubble for many, many years before COVID hit and I lost my job. And uh, you could you could feel it a lot more when that bubble gets burst. Uh, but yeah, on all the forums, same thing for me. So we're single, we are on independent visas, but anywhere at work, I've uh, always been very open and uh always kind of added Stefan as my spouse and all that so yeah mm, interesting did the does the government actually know that you are married like you know you have a gay marriage at all no. okay no. so you never indicated to them in any way no and absolutely uh, not yeah and also like in the visa process first of all that is not a requirement because we fill in that we're single obviously if i filled in that i was married they would start asking me for documents and then they would find mm. out and they they wouldn't approve of it and i think uh like hearing from like the the gay expat community here a lot of people have a bit of a fear of being too out here in singapore uh because the the government here has full control in how they cut your visa uh and uh, you know if you're too loud and proud with certain things here like um people people tend to want to be a little bit careful just so that they don't put themselves in a tricky situation with their work visa here especially foreigners i think that there's yeah. a big distinction right i think that the local community or lgbtqia plus uh, are a lot more vocal in the past two to three years but uh the the foreign uh, folks here are still a little bit more conscious at least the ones that are still here <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense and how do you guys meet and where do you meet oh it's it's a long story so um uh, i was actually working in greece at a hotel and uh, it was my second season being there and just right at the end of the season uh david came uh for like a summer job and he ended up on my team so essentially we were colleagues and i needed to train him 
to do the job. And uh, yeah, it, it pretty much took me less than five seconds uh, to, to fall in love. <laughs> Uh, but it was pretty funny because when I saw him from the distance, uh, I knew that he was starting on the day, but I didn't know that he would like sit on my chair where I normally sit. That's like my kingdom at work. And he was sitting there already working when I arrived at work, which kind of worried me because nobody had trained him and it was customer facing. So I was a little concerned and he had this like bleached mohawk in his hair. Uh, he had, a, back then he had a piercing like in his lip uh, and he has this big tattoo on his leg. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be trouble. Uh, and then I walked up to him and we started talking and literally like as soon as he opened his mouth and he has this soft and sweet voice, I was like, uh, you know, like a little schoolgirl, just like twirling my hair and spinning around, and then I just decided, okay, I, I, I need to like, I need to get him. That was my yeah, that was my determination. That is so cute. But how do you know that you know he could be approached because you couldn't be assuming that he was gay, right? And there's something yeah. that I feel like the gay or or the people in the LGBT community can struggle is that like they don't have that like real life like uh, chances yeah. or opportunities just like walk up to somebody and try to like meet them. Yeah, and obviously I didn't know. Um, I, I think it was kind of hard to tell. And also I struggled identifying myself in my own sexuality at the time. I had only been with girls at that time. And although I knew that I had, you know, like an, an interest in guys. I had never explored that side of my sexuality at that point until I met David. Uh, so I didn't know, but sometimes you just do things and you have a gut feeling. And I think that was like the gut feeling that I had that somehow I, I just knew somehow this is gonna work out. And I, I even like made a plan in my head, like, okay, this is how I'm gonna like, you know, influence him to realize that I like him and hopefully once he notices then that's going to be our opportunity to potentially have a romance <laughs> and it you, worked out. <laughs> do you remember exactly how you tested whether he you know he was gay or not? Oh yeah definitely I mean um, I think first of all like my my uh, intention was to get to know him first of all like regardless of what was what was my end goal in all of this because obviously I had an attraction to him and I wanted to get to know him more and understand him as a person and I was hoping with that I'll find out more uh, um, about him uh, but I think there was one obviously pivotal moment uh, in our first few weeks together where um, we had known each other for, I think, about two weeks, and we had been spending time intensely together because we were working. The, I made sure that he was working the same shifts as me, uh, and in, in, you know, whatever free time we had, we used to hang out and go for drinks, not only the two of us with other people, but I threw a party at my, uh, me and my friend's apartment at the time, and my plan was like, okay, I'm going to make sure that we are the two that stays up the latest, and somehow I'm going to have to find out more about his uh, past lovers and see whether he indicates something around guys. Uh, so we actually got to that stage of, of the conversation. And at that point, we were already in bed together because all the other beds in the apartment were occupied. Technically, they weren't, but that's what I told him. Uh, so we ended up in a small bed together. And I oh, said, so yeah, you had a plot. Yeah, pretty much. And then 
I told him, I was like, yeah, we will have to share a bed together. He's like, yeah, it's fine. And then I, I just asked him, you know, I have a personal question. Like, what, uh, what about you past lovers? Like, what has that been like? And he sort of shared at the time, mm, I'm, I'm not sure if you want to know because you might not want to share a bed with me. And once he said that, I, I knew that that was it. And then he told me, he's like, yeah, I used, oh. to, I used to date some, uh, a guy before. And yeah, and then it sort of moved forward quite rapidly from there. <laughs> then you started <laughs> dating from that night on in bed. Yeah, <laughs> that was our first kiss. And yeah, and from that moment on, it was like a, a romantic movie because we were working together but all we wanted to do was obviously like be close to each other hug each other and kiss each other so uh, we we were hiding in every single corner of the hotel where we were working oh just God. to find privacy and yeah it was pretty exciting because it was a hidden romance and while yeah. we were there in Greece we had a lot of visitors from family and friends and to try and like make sure that we still had time with each other it was tricky uh but yeah it was it was fun at the same time yeah but it's like really cool when something is secretive and you kind of have to hide it right mm -hmm. it makes it really exciting and yeah. you're like the manager hitting on the intern too so <laughs> that's also I wasn't a manager though I tell you there okay. was no HR Fair. issue but I I was the more senior employee but oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Got it. And, and since then so that was in Greece and now in Singapore you lived in Dublin how many countries have you all been living together yeah David <laughs> we've done a few but not very long term uh but some of them anyway so we when we lived in Greece it was for me a very short window of time because I only went there for a month and uh, we got together and two weeks later I had to go back home I was still in high school and I had to finish uh, the last year so the idea was that we were going to be apart and then figure out what to do next, right? So the year after we got together, we were separated and we would visit each other every three months. I would be on a bus for 30 plus hours because I didn't have any money to fly to Sweden. And uh, we would visit each other this way for about a year. Stefan moved to the Czech Republic for, I would, I would say it was nine to 10 months. I think at, at that point, and uh, I studied English because fun fact, when I met Stefan, I didn't speak almost any English. So I really wanted to get better at <laughs> communicating. Um, and so for one year we stayed there and then we just knew it didn't work out. I don't come from Prague or very international city. Uh, I didn't have many friends who spoke English and Stefan was very lonely. And I think that it was very difficult for him to to kind of like incorporate in the in the culture and also in the place that where I was from. So we decided to move to Ireland, to Dublin. And we thought, why not go there and learn some English and experience a little, and maybe we will pursue our dream of moving to Australia because that, that's what we both wanted initially, but that never happened. <laughs> we stayed in Dublin for eight years and then relocated to Singapore. And we've been here for the past six. Oh, wow. That is interesting. There was so much to unpack over there. So first of all, when you met each other, David wasn't speaking English, but somehow he communicated with you that, you know, <laughs> he did, you didn't want to sh share it back with me if, you know, I tell yeah. you the story. I don't somehow. think that, I actually don't think I said it in those words, okay? Yeah. I don't think that was able to actually put those uh, that phrase or the grammatical. You have to like, yeah. use your hand gesture to tell <laughs> your yeah. sexuality then. I, yeah. I think I think his 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 English was still 
it was very basic at the time, but he he understood a lot. I think um, I think the challenge with David was that he was not exposed to a lot of the international stuff that like me being from Sweden, I grew up with a lot of like international music, movies. So I referenced a lot of stuff, which he would be like, what are you talking about? Like I, he didn't get any of those. Uh, I think because a lot of uh, the stuff in Czech Republic are Czech and uh, mm. the exposure of international culture back then was probably a little less. Uh, so I, I think that was something that took me a while to realize that, oh, that there's a major cultural difference here on what we've gotten exposed to. But I still yeah. thought he spoke okay. But uh, now when I look back at it, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it, it probably was a bit of a struggle with our communication. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. And you also moved like country and you were doing long distance for a long time. That must be difficult, especially for someone who was like 20, 21 years old who didn't know what they want to do with their life, what their career would be like and their jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, do you make any sacrifice for, for love or, you know, do you think that that was a priority over, you know, your work and studies and everything else? I must say that I would say 100% there were sacrifices on both sides. I'll let Stefan comment on his, but um, it was very difficult. We were also, as you said, we were very young. So we, even though we're both European, our cultures are quite different. And so we did struggle. The language barrier didn't really help. And I was a hothead, 19 year old. So quite dramatic as well. But in terms of the sacrifices, yeah, I think that like I had this vision of, okay, I finished my high school, I'll go to university and then hopefully I can move overseas. But then I met Stefan right in the middle of the whole plan, right? So I didn't, for instance, go to university. I, I did my English diploma or English uh, certificate and we moved overseas. So my studies went on hold for a long time, for many years. And that's okay. I mean, it's on the, <laughs> when you look at the end goal, um, I don't regret it, but it was at that point of time, a bit of a sacrifice. Uh, Stefan? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... I would say, I wouldn't call it sacrifice. I would call it compromise. I think that's a more suitable uh, word because we we all sort of found things that we had in mind that we wanted to do that we had to like, you know, sort of change up and, and do things differently. And for me, it was like, I was so determined for this relationship to work because this was the only thing I knew. Like, this was the first time I was uh, in love with a guy and I was just destined that this is going to be it. Like we're going to be together for the rest of our life. And also remember that this is like back in what, 2006, 2007, like there was no social media in the way that there is now no gay apps or like the communities were a lot harder to find. So like I had only met like one gay person in my entire life before meeting David that I knew was openly gay. So, you know, it. Uh, I, I felt like, okay, the gay people are a rare breed, so I better hold on to this person because who knows, it might take another decade before I bump into to another one because that's how little I knew about the gay community. Uh, so for me, I was sort of ready to do anything to make it work. And in general, I would say like, I'm, I'm not that kind of person who has a lifelong plan. I have dreams and, and visions 
but it's not like, you know, David had a plan for himself that he wanted to study and he had sort of like thought his life out of this is like the process that I'm going to follow. Whereas for me, I only knew that I didn't want to be in Sweden because I didn't feel like I belonged there and I wanted to be abroad. I didn't really care where. That's why I ended up moving to Greece. And then like when the opportunity came around that like we had to figure out what we're going to do in order to be together. My only option at the time was going to study in Czech Republic because um, that was actually an idea my sister came up with that I could study remote from Sweden, but still be in Czech Republic. And in Sweden, you get paid for studying. So I got an allowance uh, from the Swedish government while studying in Czech Republic. So in that way, I could get away from all the language barriers in Czech Republic mm -hmm. and, and being David's hometown and sort of make it work. And I never wanted to study, but I was super happy to do it because I knew that was would bring us together and I have zero regrets from it. But it was a compromise because I didn't necessarily enjoy studying. I, it, it was not fun at all, but I did it for a year just so that we could get to the next level, which was Ireland. So it all worked out anyway. But I think that year came with a lot of struggles between us because our lives were so different, even though we lived together and we were in the same place, like the way we operated was so different. Like David was working full time while studying. I was studying part time, these silly little courses that literally I could study for three hours a week and I'd be done and he was never home so we were <laughs> like in a completely different world even though we were sharing the same apartment yeah wow that's incredible so it sounds like you have done a lot for each other and compromises and sacrifices and you know initially you didn't know that many gay people so you thought David was the only person possible but over time like there are loads of opportunities gay app platforms and parties there are a lot of temptation out there. And I think one of the things that you always hear from my single friends, they're like, oh, when they go on a date, they just kind of meet these people who are like, oh, they don't want to commit to a relationship or they have a life somewhere else. They have a job somewhere else. They, the careers don't align or the life goals don't align. But you guys like, made it work. So, you know, recently I've been listening to Adele's album a lot. And, you know, we know that her marriage didn't work out. And, you know, straight people and gay people face the same problems. So how did you know, you know, David and Stefan was the one and how do you know each other was the one that you would make all these sacrifices? Because, you know, at that time, maybe you didn't know or like, how do you know that, you know, it was worth it? Mm. Yeah, that's a, it's a big question because at the beginning, I actually, I didn't know uh, <laughs> if this was going to work. I wasn't as like Stefan said, right, he knew from very early on that he wanted to be with me and all that. But I honestly thought that this was going to be a summer thing and then that's it. Um, but then we did go through so much struggle. And I think that somehow it was very fragile, It was, but it brought us together. But for us, for at least from my point of view, our pivotal moment was to move to Ireland and really start fresh. And we learned so much uh, about one another and we really felt like we conquered the world together you know by making those steps together it wasn't that we were in his place or my place it was very new for us and i think that something that has been from the very big beginning up until today is that we do have some core values and shared interests that really like excite us still today 
and nature, it's, you know, traveling, recently veganism, and like a lot of the things that we, we just have so in common. So we can sit the whole weekend and just talk through those topics. And I think that that hasn't changed. And that keeps us kind of going, but it still doesn't take the fact that the relationship was difficult in many different stages. We've gone, I think that we've also grown together as a, as a couple, but also we've grown as humans, right? We were 1921 when we got together and now we are completely different people, maybe not in core, but um, yeah, it was challenging. And it's a lot of hard work. We got a lot of help along the way as well from uh, whether therapy or friends and, and hearing stories as well. And yeah. Wow, that that's interesting. So it sounds like you were saying you didn't know initially, at least from David's standpoint, but then there were a lot of these shared interests and values that kept you going and you had to like figure out everything else. Would you mind sharing some of the challenges that you faced and how do you overcome it? And it sounds like you also get therapy and support from, from friends as well. Do you mind sharing some of the highlights? Because, you know, I think I, I know it's personal, but I think your problem probably wouldn't be unique to you. Some, some people might have shared similar problems before and they would love to hear how you figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, there's probably a few things I would say, but uh, I would say like the main challenge that we had that I feel like we've made uh, like a ton of progress on uh, and it's our differences because as much as we have things that are in common, like the values and the shared interest, like we're still very different in how we operate and how we communicate. And uh, the way that we tackle problems uh, used to be extremely different. So for example, I'm very direct and straightforward. I, if there is a problem, I want to solve it straight away. I almost get like panicky because I'm like, let's talk it through. Like we need to, we need to get to a resolution. And uh, David is the other way around. He wants to mull on things. He wants to deal with his emotions. He'd rather be quiet, sometimes even for a day or two. And with my impatience, that doesn't go well. And I think that was one of the biggest struggle that sort of started shining through our relationship after a couple of years where, you know, everything that became a problem uh, in our relationship sort of like we didn't move forward on it. It sort of just started collecting dust because we weren't working through them. And I needed to learn uh, to sort of be a little bit more patient with him and he needed to learn to find clarity in his emotions so he could speak a little bit more about them. That's my perspective of one of the issues, but there's probably more. So David, you might want to share. No, I mean, I, I completely like agree to the point, but I think that even there were other layers to it, right? Like I think that because we're uh, coming from different places, I've had always that sort of syndrome of like, I'm not good enough. And I made a lot of comparisons and I always tried to be like Stefan or it always wanted to be like to like his level. You know, I don't even know if it makes any sense, but I just constantly felt like I was competing. And it took many, many years to figure even out that that was the case. And we clashed in a lot of ways because, you know, I was jealous of certain things that he did so well. I just wasn't able to do the roles we even played in, you know, in the relationship, in our household. And like I always wanted to wanted all of us to do the same thing or you know he's that kind of person that'll help you 
when you have a problem and he can talk through with you all of the details and coach you, you know, and for, for me, I always want to play that role for him, but he doesn't seek it from me. And I always thought that was a problem, right? But it's just that because we are so different and we get um, helped differently, I guess, in, in that way. So long story short, uh, just a realization that we were different people. We operate very differently. That's when the therapy comes in or uh, talking to a lot of friends who also had relationship troubles at some point of their journeys, uh, really brought a lot of clarity. And and very recently, like it's so relevant, like the COVID, I actually was so, so worried that we were going to clash uh, because you're suddenly together 24-7 for two years. And our roles or our jobs previous to COVID allowed us to travel all the time. So we had that sort of, we were together, but we would always like go for our travels, gather our experiences, come back, talk about it. And then suddenly, bam, two years, two years plus in one little apartment. But somehow it made us even stronger. And we went through uh, a lot of turmoil and emotions because of the situation and losing jobs and blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, so it's been quite fascinating lately. It's just, it feels like another step of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really good when you can get out of it and see through the end of it, and you definitely will get stronger. And uh, you have mentioned a lot of points there. Like number one thing that I heard is that you know it was not easy all the time. There could be a lot of conflicts and arguments, and and it took time to understand the differences. Too. And I really resonate with that. It's sometimes that like, you know you're different, but sometimes you don't actually know why and how, and it can take like years to figure out exactly how you differ from each other and how the other person wants to be treated. Because, you know, people say, you know, um, I, want, I want to treat the other person the way I want to be treated. But like now we have learned that, you know, it may not always work because the other person might want to be treated differently as well because of their different takes and personalities. If you don't mind me asking, like, how many times have you gone on therapies or how many kind of periods of time you had to go on therapy and kind of get help? So I initially started going to therapy on my own uh, because we were, we, were, we were really having troubles in the relationship and I wasn't able to communicate what was going on. I didn't even know what was going on. And um, that, so I went for a few sessions, I don't know, just to put a number on, maybe five sessions on my own. Uh, before uh, that suggestion also came by from the uh, counselor uh, to bring Stefan in. And we did a couple of therapy, uh, I would say three times or four times, Stefan, correct me if I'm talking nonsense. And then I kept going on my own. And yeah, I, I think I went for like further year or something like that, just to work through a few things that were more, I guess, embedded from my childhood and and so on. But uh, yeah, together we went about three times. Got it. Uh, So was it one period of time, like within that one year, or has it happened a few years that you needed something like that? Uh, Was it in in Dublin or in Singapore? It was actually in Singapore. Okay, got it, got it. That's interesting um and, and did you mind do you mind sharing with us like how you eventually worked out those issues like was there any learnings or tips from like you know this is how we got through it yeah I think to be honest like the power of sitting with a stranger in a room having a conversation that we've been having over so many years and not like moved forward 
was just so fascinating that like we could go in for an hour and talk about things that like we've been nagging each other about and suddenly we just left the room feeling like we had clarity and I think the biggest sort of takeaway from me was understanding the impact on each other's emotions where you know I might go into a situation and handle it in a certain way and I think that the way I'm handling things is the right way because that's how I do things, but not realizing potentially the negative impact on David or how he's interpreting the situation. And I felt like that forum where the three of us came together to have those sessions, it, it really allowed us to speak about those freely without it turning into heated argument. And I found that was really, really powerful. So there were many examples from our relationship that were brought up from both of us where I think we had clarity on like oh okay this is how he interprets that and this is how it's making him feel now I understand why I need to change because I don't want him to feel bad right so uh, I think that was sort of like the biggest uh, takeaway and I think because we had those experiences it sort of widened our communication channel as well. I felt like we had more mutual respect for each other to deal with problems instead of just arguing about things. Not saying that we don't argue, we still have arguments, but I feel like the arguments that usually get gets heated are more based out of small day-to-day -day irritations that we all have, like, why didn't you do the dishes? Or, you know, things like that it's not these major fundamental issues that are underlying. And I feel like we, we managed to talk through a lot of those. A lot of the, that talking didn't only happen in the therapy. I think the therapy was sort of just like an initiation of opening us up. And then uh, a lot of those conversations happened afterwards as well. Cool. So it sounds like the therapy creates a platform for you to have like a calm and open conversation and really listen I think that's my learning from doing therapies previously is that like we ourselves may not even understand ourselves and why we feel a certain yeah. way without like some guidance and professional support as well um, so it sounds like you know the relationship is not you know without challenges throughout the time like it's been 15 years like do you think it has got easier or harder over time I, oh wow I think there are so many like different points of the relationship and it was a roller coaster I think that we did we did struggle and then we had a really wonderful run of few years when it was just a lot of fun and you know Dublin was so much fun <laughs> uh but then, yeah, then as we got a little bit older, I think that we we also had to incorporate the fact that we relocated as a little bit more older people than when we were like 21. Um, and we had some little bits and bulbs that there were struggle points, but it got stronger. At the end, we are coming out of the, like we are in that phase right now that the relationship is so much stronger than I think it has ever been. So that's been very, you know, reassuring as well as like exciting. Um, Yep. Yeah, that's really good to know. So it sounds like in a long, long, long term relationships, there could be periods of like just honeymoon periods and then get better and then work and then there'll be trouble. But then if you get through it, it can get stronger and then there could be like periods of it. But it's kind of like a cycle almost. Yeah, yeah. it's a cycle, but you also sort of 
like learn from the like I think that what's important that the, the same things don't repeat over and over again, right? So we don't so we don't argue about the same thing or we didn't have issues about necessarily the exact same thing when that happened. We kind of grew from that experience and then something else happened or something else was uh, bubbling up that was even deeper. <laughs> so yeah. I see. That's very cool. Do you have any tips on uh, for the listeners to learn about like how do you maintain a relationship to like keep it fresh and exciting? Because you know you guys lived through the twenties and now uh, early uh, mid twenties, mid thirties. Like those are like the exciting periods of your life. And how do you keep the relationship fresh and exciting and interesting for the other person? Or is it even necessary? Yeah, it's a very good question because I think like now we're at fifteen years. It's hard to be like, oh, everything's going to be fresh and exciting because we know each other so well that you can almost predict certain things, but you still got to keep trying, right? Um, I think it's important that we as individuals have also our own space in in the relationship to do our own things. We, you know, there are different things that we are passionate about as individuals and that we allow each other to have that space because I feel that's where we gain a lot of energy, like positive energy to come back to the relationship and sort of feed it into the relationship. And I, I, I think that's something that we both have learned over the years as well. Like, it's great to do everything together, but it's also great sometimes to be apart a little bit to do our own things because it also generates new topics of conversation. Uh, so I think it's important to find that balance, whatever works for you. Um, I think that's one thing that I would say is really, really good to to keep in mind. David, do you have any tips? <laughs> no, I think that it's it's an important point, and it was actually just going back to like if you if you ever are in a relationship and you struggle, also think about yourself and what like are you happy with who you are as a human, right? As a as a person, and have you grown and and all that. It's all great if you are progressing as a couple. But you also need to kind of feel that sort of internal growth for yourself. So doing your own thing is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but yeah, I guess that like even trying to do something new together, like it, it kind of contradicts now. We're saying that you should do something for yourself. But also as a couple, we had to uh, explore like, oh, is there anything else that we can do apart from, I don't know, going for dinners and going on a little holiday? Like, is there another topic that we can learn about together? So that um, that was quite fun. And recently it's been about a lot about, you know, food and cooking and how do we turn our old habits into new vegan habits, for example. So this was this whole new world of exploring together, really, where I spearheaded the whole, you know, initiative. Uh, but Stefan has been on board now for a year and it's been such an interesting journey to just just talk through you know, how you feel about like being vegan, how challenging it can be sometimes or how cool it can be and all that. So yeah, so find something as well exciting for you as a couple. Yeah, that, let me just recap over there. I think it's really good tips you had over there. First of all, I think Stefan mentioned like have your own space and doing your own things. And I think an analogy to that is that even if you want an exciting life, it doesn't mean that you want to move houses every day or every month, right? That would just be trouble. Like you can create excitement from your other parts of life, but you don't have to move house every every month or every year. 
Um, and you mentioned that like you had to grow as a person yourself as well. Like, you know, are you improving yourself? Are you doing something different? Are you uh, trying something exciting in your personal life? And I think David also mentioned, you know, trying something new as a couple and grow together and explore something that you haven't done together as well. All right, I think we are coming to a close. Do you have any like final tips in terms of like for people who are uh, looking to develop a long-term LGBTQ relationship or maintaining one, any kind of closing notes? Mm. Yeah, it's a good one. I think, you know, based off of my gay friends who are single and are very focused on finding a relationship, like a long-term relationship, I think, you know, in, in today's world of technology, it, 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 it's a little dangerous because uh, like you can swipe and you can like look for new profiles so easily if you get bored or whatever, it's nearly becomes a transactional fast food. And I think it's important not to give up as soon as you find one thing that maybe puts you off with another person, because I mean, there was, probably like a hundred million things with myself that put David off and vice versa when we just met because we had the determination to work it through. It also means that we, we ended up having a long-term relationship. You, de you decide what your limits are and how much you want to compromise. Like I, I, wouldn't, I, I would never sort of recommend anyone to lose themselves in a relationship. You still have to hold on to your core values and, and who you are. Uh, but I think it's important also to recognize that, you know, you just don't swipe every time you see a problem or something that doesn't match your, your list of uh, boxes that you have set out to yourself, because that's not how life works. So that would be my recommendation. Have patience. Thank you, Stefan. What about David? It's hard to kind of like add on to this. I, I completely agree. I think that just don't have unrealistic expectations like really like if you are truly passionate about building a long-term relationship get to know the person they will definitely have flaws but honey so will you right like we all come with a package we are none of us are perfect and sometimes because we are not we look for that perfection but it doesn't truly exist so just get to know the person give them a chance and you know you will soon enough find out if if you vibe or not, but uh, don't give up as easily. Yeah, I love that. Like, it's looking when you're looking at the relationship, whether there's a match, like, not only look at the other person, but like, look inside yourself. Like, think about yourself. Do you have any flaws that other people have to deal with that's causing problems as well? But thank you so much for speaking to us today. Thank you're you. You're welcome. Thanks <laughs> for having us. And that's it. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I find David and Stefan's story inspiring because they managed to make their relationship work despite some of the very big life challenges and compromises they both had to make at such a young age. On the one hand, Stefan experienced love at the first sight and was determined to make it work no matter what. While on the other hand, David didn't even have the language skills to be able to communicate fully with Stefan. I think their experience makes it very clear that there's a lot of work involved in maintaining a relationship for 15 years across four different countries and that each person must make compromises as well as to get to understand how they themselves as well as the other person operate. Even though David and Stefan are very different in some ways, they share very 
some common core values and interests, which have kept the relationship fresh and exciting throughout the years. And some of the things I took away from this episode are: first, don't give up as soon as you find one thing that may put you off, and don't have unrealistic expectations for the other person of the older relationship, and be determined to work through these challenges. And second, decide what your limits are and how much you want to compromise. You obviously don't want to lose yourself, and you still want to hold on to your core values and who you are. But that being said, number three is that everyone has flaws, including yourself. So when you date somebody, it comes with a package, and you also want to work on your personal growth in the relationship too. What do you think? Do you pick up something else from David and Stefan? Let me know by leaving a comment on the Instagram post of this episode. Our Instagram handle is rainbowpajamas underscore. And thank you so much for listening today. Hey you, are you miserable in your love life? Just kidding. If you do know someone in the LGBTQ community whose love life has been in lockdown for a long time and are looking for a reopening, please share this podcast with them. If this podcast has made you laugh, think, or oddly turned you on. Please leave a positive review to help more people discover the show. You know, to turn more people on. And don't forget to subscribe to get the latest goodness. And if you know anyone we should interview in the show, please email rainbowpajamascrew at gmail dot com. That's c r e w at gmail dot com, or send us a message on Instagram. Our handle is rainbowpajamas underscore. We're always looking for people in this diverse community who are in various types of intimate relationships or at different stages of their lives. Okay, that's it for today. This is Rainbow Pajamas. Hey, it's pajamas with an A, not Y.